All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Atlanta Hawks final score 129-122, a nice bounce back game for a variety of people, including Nikola Jokic, including Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and even got a nice performance out of Julian Strother in this one. A good sign of things to come, I think. But uh, I know a lot of Nuggets fans were pretty upset. I know a lot of Nuggets fans were pretty uh, frustrated after the three-game losing streak, and it's understandable. It's very rare for this team to have three games in a row where they actually go down. So nice to see Denver bounce back for sure. Nice to see them figure some stuff out. And I was impressed with the way that they handled yesterday's game. So good stuff there. Uh, If you are in the chat, if you are new to the show, make sure to like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That helps us out tremendously. Would really appreciate that, of course. Going to be a fun one. Going to be a good one. I have some good notes for this. I decided to kind of change up the flow of this one. Uh, First segment, I'm going to go over the game flow going to just share some of the notes that I had after each of the uh, relatively interesting points throughout the game last night, and then go over a game MVP, which you might be surprised about who that is, because uh, it's, he's definitely on the screen. It's definitely the the thumbnail image for this one. Uh, then we'll talk about uh, Murray, Jokic, Gordon kind of playing better, figuring some stuff out themselves. And then on the third segment, Are the Nuggets back? Are they in a good place? What happened after these last three losses? Are they could just turn the page? We'll see what happens. And then we'll preview the Chicago game as well. Uh, But it was a good one for sure. Let's go through the game flow. Early on in this one, Denver could not hit any shots, uh, any outside shots, especially in that first quarter. Jamal Murray rolls his ankle and... You could feel a palpable tension in Denver Nuggets land because uh, Nuggets fans had experienced this already. They knew exactly what was going on. They knew exactly, oh, crap, this could be really bad. And it did look pretty bad on replay, not going to lie. But Jamal Murray, he stays like he he comes out of the game and then he next comes in kind of midway through the second quarter. I don't know if that is his... I I don't think I would count that as his normal rotation. I think Michael Malone gave him an extra couple minutes, basically. But uh, with the way that the Nuggets approached this one with a 10-man rotation, Murray probably got out a couple minutes early and then got a couple extra minutes of rest, but he was basically normal throughout it. Um, Good Jokic stint in the first quarter. I thought that this was a good sign of things to come, that Despite the fact Denver wasn't really, they, they were kind of keeping pace, but not really with Atlanta. Atlanta was hitting a lot of shots. Um, I thought the way that Jokic played was really good. I thought the way that Jokic approached the game and simplified the game for himself was really good. With Capella out there, he didn't attack that matchup a ton. When Okongwu came in, uh, the versatile, more versatile backup center for Atlanta, he is a smaller player, not somebody that is going to attack Jokic defensively that much and uh, Jokic could just shoot right over him so he did and and he made some shots he simplified the game for himself and that was a good sign of things to come but the Nuggets were down 36 to 28 at the end of the first quarter and it felt like 
if they didn't get some outside shots to go, then they were going to lose track of this game because Atlanta was hitting a lot of those outside shots. And uh, spoiler alert, Bogdan Bogdanovich was about to have a 40 piece. So Denver needed somebody who could help keep pace. And lo and behold, it was Julian Strother. Julian Strother off the bench, who was the guy that really got Denver to go. He broke the ice, made a ton of threes in a row. I don't know if he made any at the end of the first quarter, but it certainly felt like he made most of them in the second quarter, where Denver, they needed a little bit of a jolt. They were down. They were nearly down double digits at various points, and then they come back and accumulate a lead by the end of the first half. And that doesn't happen without Julian Strother making his shots. He also was defending reasonably well. He was doing everything that he could to impact the passing lanes. He had four steals in the first half. It was a great number. And like it's just a great two-way game from Strother. But Bogdan Bogdanovich was matching him. He was going with him every single which way. And some of the shots that Bogey was hitting was very, very impressive. He is a dynamic player. And I think he has wasted away in Atlanta for the last couple of years. The way that they have used him as a sixth man when they've also had Trey Young and DeJounte Murray and uh, Kevin Herter at times and different offensive players that they could go to, I think it has done him a disservice and he should be featured in at least six man of the year talks, but certainly like he could have been a starter throughout this entire time. And the fact that he wasn't, I think, uh, I think it's on Atlanta. It's on Atlanta the way that they've handled him. But he was matching Strother. He was doing really well. Uh, had, I think, 27 points at the end of the third quarter or something like that. Was just dynamic as a shooter. Uh, Aaron Gordon being very, very physical and under control. This was a good sign of things to come for Gordon. And like some of the plays that he made underneath the rim as an offensive rebounder. But also like even in the post and kind of driving into the lane. Uh, these were plays that he had been struggling with for much of the beginning portion of the season, but now seems like he might be turning a little bit of a corner there. We will see. Jamal Murray was okay. Uh, he came back in, in the at the middle portion of the second quarter and looked good. Uh, he hit some elite shots, and the Nuggets were up 65-62 to 62 at the half. And then in the third quarter, Denver really turned it on. This was where, this was probably the best portion of the game for Denver. This early portion, the first eight minutes or so of the third quarter, Jamal Murray's defense at the stretch was elite, absolutely elite. And he impacted the game in a lot of different ways in this stretch, getting out into transition by creating misses and creating turnovers and blocking shots. He was really going against DeJounte Murray. That was the guy that, I would highlight as the one that he affected the most in this game. And I mean, Murray's defense has been hit or miss, I would say, since he came back from the torn ACL. But tonight it was definitely great. Um, he has the capacity to do it, and he clearly showed it. Uh, everything was rolling for Denver at this point. They went up 20 uh, towards the end of the third quarter, and then Jokic checks out. And Bogdanovich kept it close. He was hitting some shots. Denver's bench looked a little bit shaky. Trey Young was in the game. And you thought, okay, maybe the Hawks could probably cut this back down to 10 by the end of the third quarter. But then right at the end of the third quarter, for some reason, Trey Young gets ejected. And my takeaway from this one was that it was kind of like really good defense and a 50-50 call. And Trey Young didn't get the 50-50. 
And then he blew up on the official for 40 straight seconds. And for some reason, just would not stop complaining. He wouldn't stop. And like he had already hit seven free throws, like seven of seven. He didn't get the one call. And for some reason that bothered him. And I'm not really sure why, because I thought it was pretty decent defense on, on Denver side of things and Peyton Watson side of things. And it was pretty innocent, but he gets hit with a tech. Then Quinn Snyder stands in the middle of the floor for some reason, and then gets a tech himself for standing in the middle of the floor. And then Trey Young just wouldn't let it go. And then he just would not stop complaining and yelling at the official and gets a tech again. And he gets ejected and, that really flipped the momentum back to Denver's way at a point where Denver absolutely could have lost track of that game. So interesting to see the way that they handled that. The bench couldn't really score at the end of the third and start of the fourth, but they also played solid defense for that most part. So unless it was Bogdanovich hitting crazy threes, Atlanta wasn't really getting that much of anything. So good on Denver's bench for at least holding serve in that moment. Starters come back in. Murray's on fire. He's hitting important shots. He's creating shots for everybody else. Jokic creating shots for himself and for everybody else. MPJ, unfortunately, couldn't hit anything. Like this kind of started early on where Denver was creating good shots for him and he just wasn't hitting for whatever reason. Like not his night and don't really blame him because he's been on track and and very, very good for much of the season, but just couldn't hit anything last night. It's fine. He'll probably be great tonight. Jokic got an and one on Clint Capella. That was a nice play and a good uh, sign of the touch kind of being back and in track. Uh, The Nuggets were up big and it looked like they were going to run away with this game. And then uh, they start to turn the ball over just a little bit. And Jamal Murray made this game a little bit closer than it probably should have been with some bad turnovers. And uh, the Hawks just kept fighting and Bogdanovich kept hitting and he had 40 points and like hit 10 threes. It was very, very impressive. Um, but it just wasn't enough. I made this point in my article that if the Nuggets and Hawks played a 50-minute game, then as opposed to a 40-minute game, then the Hawks might have won because the momentum was clearly back on their side and DeJounte Murray started hitting a little bit. But um, no, it was it was good to see for Denver that the game mercifully ended in Denver Ended up rolling out there with a a seven-point win, 129-122. That was a good sign of things to come. So game MVP for this one, I'm going to go with Julian Strother. He was very, very good. And it wasn't until that second quarter when Denver really started turning things around. And Strother was the catalyst there, like on both ends of the floor. I can't just say this for the offensive end because defensively, he created a lot of havoc. He... Uh, wasn't really gambling on steals. He was just making plays. And I thought that there were a couple plays that I was a little bit confused about. Like he he got cross uh, crossed up with uh, Peyton Watson on one switch and that led to a layup. But other than that, Strother in the right place, not making mistakes, doing what he needed to do, finished the game with 22 points on eight of 16 from the field, five, or six of 11 from three, five steals, two assists, two turnovers. A good number. Minus four, a little bit weird. Uh, Still have to kind of figure that out because it does seem like he's a minus in in a lot of these games. He hasn't been a plus in terms of the plus minus in a lot of these games. Obviously, he plays much of his minutes with the bench, and the bench is not good. So that's probably most of the reasons, but 
uh, still, he changed the flow of the game. Denver was kind of in a rut. They were still in their rut and they couldn't defend anything. And then he played defense and he hit shots. And that was the catalyst for Denver kind of figuring some things out. So good stuff from the rookie. Good stuff on the road. Very impressive performance from him and good impressive performance from the Nuggets in general. So glad to see them kind of break the ice. When we come back, we will talk about Jokic, Murray, and Gordon breaking the ice themselves. Lots of good things there for this Nuggets group. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Uh, Did you know that you could refer a friend for a $50 bonus and win free money, basically, with Superbook Sports? Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app. Share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers under it using your code. That is free money, folks. It is clearly a a free money offer. So win money referring and win money wagering at the same time with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning into the show appreciate all the love and support on the podcast you can hit that like button hit that subscribe button down below if you are new uh if you're not new hit that like button all right let's talk about some starters let's talk about like strother deserves a ton of the credit and he deserves a ton of the uh yeah the a ton of the assigned credit for the way that the nuggets won last night's game but the bigger story of course is Denver's three starters, Murray, Jokic, and Gordon, kind of getting back on track and playing within the flow, getting back to what makes them great. Those three in particular, Murray with his dynamic off-the-dribble scoring and shooting, and then some surprising defense. Jokic with the all-around play and being the best player in the world. And then Gordon with the force, Gordon with the physicality and his ability to complement what those other two do uh, from a skill perspective, Gordon is the hammer in a lot of ways. Those three playing the way that they did and those three figuring it out, like they are the identity of the Nuggets in a lot of ways. I always, I say this pretty consistently that as good as Michael Porter has been, as good as KCP has been, frankly, this year, those guys are on the periphery of the actions that the Nuggets run consistently on the offensive and defensive sides. Uh, Those guys are always going to be attacked on the defensive side, whether it's Gordon defending the best player, especially the best front court player uh, with the ball in their hands. Jokic and Murray are obviously like teams are going to want to make them work on the defensive end, especially in the playoffs. And Denver's got to make that a point of pride. And they have made it a point of pride that those guys can defend and can lock in. Uh, but on the offensive end, it was a very odd kind of like fall off over the course of these last couple couple games. And it was nice to see them figure it out. Nice to see them get back on track. And I am curious as to whether this is a sign of things to come 
or if this is a, a kind of leaping off point, or if it's just nothing at all. If this is just game 24 of the regular season. Because like we talked about, the regular season is long. Denver goes through these ups and downs. They go through the flow of things. And like this could just be the next step of the flow. This could just be, hey, now we're playing in a reasonably good place. And maybe this is because Yokemas is coming up. December 15th is coming up. And like it is December 12th right now. So we're right on the precipice there. And this is right around the time where Denver starts to figure things out. They start to lock in and really play their best basketball. And I think that might be emblematic from Denver's three best guys that, hey, right before that happens, they are sort of figuring some stuff out. Now, that can all go away tonight when Denver faces Chicago. And if they look horrible, then, well, we, we know where to blame. Uh, we, can, we can blame this guy right here. Uh, but it does kind of feel like Denver, after a three-game losing streak with those three, they started to figure some stuff out. They started to figure out the actions again and play a little bit better. It's not like they forgot to play basketball or anything like that. I don't want to make that like, I don't want to make that the point that people take away from this. I think it's important in general for people to remember that these guys are human and that goes both ways. Like, so sometimes you, you throw some criticisms at these guys and they're human. And if they see it, they'll be like, okay, that sucks. Or they're athletes, so they'll kind of block it out a little bit. But they are also human because you know that they can mess up, but also it could just be a bad day. And they could figure some stuff out and really move forward and, and move beyond that. And, and I think that we saw that from Jokic, especially over the course of these last couple of days. And then last night looked really, really good. He's clearly going through something. I don't, I don't know what it is. And for whatever reason, the shot just wasn't going down and I don't want to diagnose it from my chair here and be like, Oh yeah, I, I know exactly what's going on. Um, but it does feel like whatever it was, the touch is back. He hit six or seven from free throws, uh, on Monday night. And then he hit his only three point attempt. Thought he was a little bit more choosy with some of the shots that he, that he attempted. And there were a couple floaters that he still missed, and I, I don't want to immediately be like, oh, yeah, he's perfectly back. He's perfectly good. Uh, because there were some shots that I saw that he was like, okay, this is one that he generally makes when he's at his best and when he's at his most locked in. And that didn't happen. But he also made just about everything else. And he deserves a ton of credit for the way that he played. Murray missed only three shots all night. 12 of 15 from the field and four or five from three. and just played a really, really efficient, good brand of basketball. And that was nice to see. Uh, if any of you listened to Weekends with Swiper, you'll know that I called this. You'll know that I definitely said this and was like, okay, uh, this is the right matchup for him to really go off. Atlanta, they play a drop center. They play drop coverage, especially with Clint Capella and with Jokic having to be the guy that Murray is running two-man game with. Like, they're going to attach themselves to him. And Murray was able to get free as a result and really take advantage of those pockets of space. And I think he did a great job, obviously. He also locked in on the defensive end in ways that I didn't expect. And maybe that's just a sign of, hey, the Nuggets knew how important this game was. And you really start to think about, okay, when is the right time to play all this hard defense? When is the right time to lock in? And Denver, I think they knew how important this game was just for them to get back on track 
And you could see Murray really take advantage of that and take uh, take ownership of that. That's what I'm trying to say. And great defense, great scoring, playmaking and creation for others. Probably a little bit lacking, especially down the stretch of this game, but perfectly fine. Ben Mack asks, I'm wondering if they have a very different notion of the long arc of the season and how to play it after win and championship and knowing what it takes. I think that's fair. I think that's a very fair point. And it is important for people to like have that perspective because I know just from covering the team, I know how long it is. And people like when I, so I get criticized sometimes for complaining about my job. I get criticized for uh, the understanding like, oh, hey, you have an awesome job. You have a, a great job, Ryan. Why are you, why are you critiquing uh, this, this experience of yours? And I don't think people fully understand that going to, like going to the games and, and going through the process, if you do it over and over and over and over again, it can start to blend together for writers. It can start to blend together for media. Imagine what it's like for the players where they, this is their job. This is what they're paid to do. This is like their responsibility and how that can sort of affect the impact and the value of it from day to day, at least from an emotional side of things. And I can understand kind of closing your heart to it a little bit and being like, okay, got to save our emotional intelligence, our emotional energy until when this really, really matters. And I, I can I can relate to that at least a little bit, not not to the degree that obviously these guys can, but I can understand what it feels like and what that what that kind of means. Um, but yeah, they have that understanding of how long the season is. They have that understanding of what it means to become the best version of themselves over a long period of time. Uh, as we've mentioned on this show before, as others have mentioned. Jokic and Murray specifically are guys that try to be their best versions of themselves and are peaking by April, May, and June. They do not want to peak too early. They do not want to peak too late. They work towards peaking at the right time. And the Nuggets, I think, are pretty happy with that. They prefer that. I know that Murray isn't at his best in the early portions of the season, rarely ever. I think that this year more than any was kind of affected by just fluke injuries and nothing that he could have really done. But uh, it does feel like Denver's going to get the best version of themselves later on. They're not going to get it now. They had a really, really great start to the season, kind of a reminder of what they look like when they're at their best. But that was so brief, and that was not this extensive look that I don't think that people can really say, oh, yeah, they're they're... You could see what they look like when they're at their best, but that wasn't enough, I think, to prove to people, oh, yeah, they are the best team. Uh, I think people know that if Denver is in it, they will be uh, one of the favorites, especially on the Western Conference side, where there's a lot of teams that are good, not great in the Western Conference. Some teams are playing better. Some teams are playing not as good as expected. Uh, like, I think Phoenix is a good example of that, that, yeah, Denver can definitely be Phoenix. Will they struggle at times? Sure. Can Phoenix match the top level? Probably not. I think everybody kind of understands that, especially when the three guys that we're talking about, Murray, Jokic, and Gordon, when they're at their best, it's hard for the Suns to match that. And that's fine. 
Gordon, I also want to give tremendous credit to because seven offensive rebounds and going four or five from the line, those are great numbers. Those are numbers that I'm looking for. I'm looking, and some of the, the like he missed one of those free throws in the clutch, uh, but he drew an and one at one point, I think, in the fourth quarter. He drew free throws early and hit those. Uh, he went one of two in the clutch, but still four or five. You take that every single day of the week if you're a Nuggets fan at this point. And I thought that he played with the right pace and the right mindset and the right physicality and a little bit more physicality than he had before. Now think about who he's matching up with. And now Atlanta did kind of close this game with Okongwu and Capella together. I thought that was interesting. It's actually not a surprise uh, given the way that Denver plays. But for the for the vast majority of it, they hey, had Sadiq Bey. They had, uh, gosh, Deon, did DeAndre Hunter even play last night? I don't remember DeAndre Hunter playing. I think Garrison Matthews started at the three, if I'm not mistaken. I think they had Murray, Trey Young, Garrison Matthews, Sadiq Bey, Clint Capella. So they were a small team. Like, that's a small group. And any time that... Aaron Gordon was going to be guarded by Garrison Matthews. Like he was going to try to go to the rim, which good for him. That's what he should be trying to do. And Denver should be trying to take advantage of that. That reminded me of when they had Gabe Vincent on him in the NBA finals, when the heat were trying to guard him with these smaller guys. And AG was like, no, this is not, that's not okay. That is not going to work. And then they had to switch that matchup and Jimmy Butler had to guard him. And that really changed everything for the complexion of that series. Uh, But very interesting to see AG kind of get back to that level. Excited to see what that looks like and whether he can continue to sustain that. But we will see. Folks, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to chat about, are the Nuggets back? Probably not, but I think they are on that track as well. And then we'll preview tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Pickaxe and Roll. We're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I think I like my haircut better in this one. Although, I'm not going to lie, the mustache wasn't bad. The mustache was not a bad look on, on this side of things. So interesting to see uh, whether whether y'all think the same. Um, all right, let's talk about, are the Nuggets back? Is this is this the sign that they are, like, ready to go again? Like, was the, the last three games before this a blip? Um, to some degree, yes. I think like we talked about in the second segment, there are these emotional highs and lows of the roller coaster where Denver goes on these runs. They'll be good. They will look good. It'll feel good. And then they'll go on these runs where, okay, it's kind of not super vibey, not super fun, not super like, like it feels like a grind at various points. November seems to always feel that way for the Nuggets. It's been a long time since I've been excited for November basketball for Denver. And I wonder how much the in-season tournament contributed to that this year. Uh, Really, I think, I I honestly don't think that Denver kind of gets into this position if Murray doesn't go down. And that's one of the the storylines for sure. Murray going down put a lot of pressure on 
Jokic to put a lot of pressure on AG and Porter and KCP and Reggie Jackson and guys like that. Um, Julian Strother played more than he probably should have, though it seems like, hey, maybe that helped. Maybe that helps the long-term development. Christian Brown, I should probably mention Christian Brown, actually. Um, Only three minutes for Christian Brown in the first half. And part of that was because, hey, he's uh, in a position where Julian Strother's playing really well. Denver has to figure out their own stuff. He's It's not going to be perfect. Um, sorry if this is laggy. This, uh, this app is clearly very laggy. Uh, but Christian Brown, not his best performance, I would say, though he did make a couple free throws. Actually, it was really funny. Uh, Christian Brown made three free throws last night, but only got credited for two of them because uh, the refs kind of screwed up when he was supposed to take them. And I caught that right off the bat. I was like, okay, he definitely took an extra free throw here. And that was pretty funny the way that they handled it. But uh, no, he he was okay. He wasn't perfect. Zeke Naji was fine. Um, it feels like every time Zeke Naji is in the game, he works really hard and tries to make it work and tries to figure it out and is just trying to do the right thing. But it didn't even matter when Bogdanovich just like he hit shots anyway, even when Zeke Naji was playing perfect defense on him. So yeah, it's just a, a tough place to be. But it is okay. Uh, Peyton Watson, like I mentioned, played decent defense. Reggie Jackson did not. He looked pretty lost out there. But, I mean, it's one game. And I I think that Reggie, as long as he gets back on track here, he was fine. Uh, Had six assists in the game last night, so not going to make it a big deal. uh, But didn't look great defensively. Um, So are they back? Is this Nuggets team back? Are they on the right track? I don't know. Like, I think probably the most important thing that analysts can do in this case and like somebody who I've now done this enough to know that what Denver just kind of went through with that three game losing streak. The first one was a second night of a back-to-back where Jokic played out of his mind against the Sacramento Kings. He was great and it was everybody else that kind of let him down. And then the next two games were one after three days off and kind of in the midst of the in-season tournament stuff. And Jokic didn't play great in the fourth time that he had to play the Clippers or third time. And then fourth time they had to play the Houston Rockets. Didn't play good either. So I wonder if there's just a malaise there and just a, a lack of focus there and lack of energy there. And he played with energy tonight or last night. He played with a force. He played with more downhill, just definitely... Uh, patience, but also understanding of what the job was supposed to be. And like, it looked like he was fully back on track. Murray looked like he was healthy. Aaron Gordon looked like he was playing with force. Um, and then, like we talked about with Julian Strother, he looked great too. It's It was a nice kind of bounce back for him. So it, does that mean that Denver's back? No. Like, I would still like to see, and I made this point on Twitter, and there are some odd criticisms there. Um, made some points that Denver needs, I think, a reminder game that they can just like win by 20 plus against anybody. They can win by a lot. They can win against whoever they are playing. And it doesn't matter who it is. Um, They need to do it against a Phoenix or a Lakers or even better. How about the Boston Celtics or Milwaukee Bucks? Like next time Denver plays one of those two teams, would be nice to see Denver really kind of lock in and and win those games by a significant amount. 
they'll get up for those games. I think Denver knows how important it is to match up with the title contenders and, and play your best basketball. And it really starts to get you going again because I think the Nuggets respect those teams. Uh, Philly, they don't play until January, I don't think. I'm not sure when they play the other teams, but uh, maybe the Christmas matchup is the next one that Denver's really taking seriously. I think that's the one that, if I was to circle, that's the one where they probably have the most respect for the team across from them. Maybe the OKC game on Saturday? I don't know, but... Actually, the OKC game would be a good one. That's a good one to really start to kind of lock in and focus because OKC is above Denver in the standings right now. They're a good team. Denver knows that they're better. They played better, especially game three of the season. They blow out the the Thunder by 30. And part of that was a little bit fluky because OKC didn't really hit any jumpers. But uh, I still think that's... Oh, and, and Shea went two of 16, by the way. And that's that probably hasn't happened since. Um. But I think that Denver, if, if they play well in that game specifically, if they kind of lock in for that one, home game, have fun, enjoy yourselves, play great basketball, win by double digits at the, at the least, um, that would be a good sign of things to come. Um, Snow Wolf says, I got tickets to the Christmas Day game. I'm really excited. They play the Warriors on that one, and that's another one that I would circle if I were the Nuggets because... They, I, I know those teams respect each other. They want, like, like Draymond is going to play very, very hard against the Nuggets. And I think that that's one where Denver can absolutely dominate it, but we will see what happens. We'll see what version of the Warriors actually comes to Denver. We'll see what version of the Nuggets actually plays hard for that game. Tonight, Denver plays Chicago. Uh, They play Chicago for the second time. They beat Chicago by 20 in early November. Uh, That was the game that Murray went down with the hamstring injury. And that was a a nice performance from the rest of the team. Uh, Jokic really stepped up in that one. Porter really stepped up in that one, if I recall. And Denver needs that. They absolutely need that. So we will see what happens in this one. I do not think that Alex Caruso is going to play. He didn't play last night. I'm not sure what his injury status is, but Levine is definitely out. But the Bulls have been uh, playing better. They have been playing better for sure. They won their last four games before last night uh, where they lost in overtime to the Bucks, And they really held down Damian Lillard. They are an interesting matchup for sure. I would be curious as to how Murray plays in that one, especially coming off of the this kind of ankle tweak We'll see how his ankle responds to that, especially on the back-to-back. Won't surprise me if he pops up on the injury report as questionable. Maybe they rest Murray, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. I doubt that anybody else gets rest. I don't think that Jokic is going to want to sit, that's for sure. Um, but we'll see who else plays well. Kobe White's playing really well for Chicago. He's stepped up in place of Zach Levine and I think played a better brand of basketball for them, which is interesting. But if Alex Caruso doesn't play, Denver should win this game. Like, that's how much of an impact he means on the perimeter defense. As good as Ayo Tuzumu can be, as good as Javon Carter can be, neither of those guys are Alex Caruso. So, going to be interesting to see how Denver handles that. If Vucevic has, like, Vucevic is having a bad year as the, the center for them. He has not played a great brand of basketball. He's not shooting the ball particularly well. So, I think if Jokic just takes it at him, 
if he doesn't let him get the easy rhythm jumpers, then Denver's going to be just fine. And you just have to play smart in this kind of case. So we will see what happens. But folks, I am curious. I am curious as to how Denver approaches this one. We will find out for sure. Um, but for now, I think that is going to do it against uh, for, for pick, axe, and roll. Uh, Chris Coots asks, uh, which bull blows up for a career high tonight? Uh, let's predict it, actually. Let's, uh, let's actually get into that one. Who do they... Okay, so let's, let's go to their box score last night. Who's playing good basketball for them? Um, Kobe White at 33. I could see Kobe White going for 36 against Denver. Could he, like, I don't know if that's a career high for him, but that, that could happen. DeMar DeRozan at 41 against Milwaukee. So that'll be, uh, that'll be fascinating. But, um, ooh, Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond last night, by the way. So just, just so Nuggets fans know this, uh, Andre Drummond had 11 offensive rebounds in 14 minutes last night. 11 against the Bucks, against a team that plays big. Like they've got Bobby Portis, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez as their backups. Or not, no, as, as their front court. Andre Drummond is going to be great against everybody. Now, is it, doesn't mean that Zeke Naji should play in that game? No. Uh, but I remember in that particular matchup that DeAndre Jordan played the last time that those two teams matched up. And DeAndre Jordan didn't play that great against Drummond, if I'm not mistaken, just kind of gave up some offensive rebounds and didn't play particularly well. So Zeke Naji played last night. We'll see if Zeke Naji plays tonight. I'm curious as to what Mike Malone decides to do. We will see. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. I will be back. I'm actually not covering this game tonight. We are doing a holiday party for Mile High Sports. So I'm going to be tied up with that and, and probably not going to be able to watch uh, tonight's game. So we will see when I can actually podcast. I'll probably try to watch a replay of it on uh, or when I get back to my tonight at my apartment. And we will see whether that can get a an actual podcast going. So should be good. Sorry about the lag. Um, yeah, we will see what happens. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Should probably do a podcast tomorrow. We'll talk to you guys very soon.